Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message. Bibles up. Let's make our confession of faith together. Now, I, now hold on. Put your Bibles down. I warned you up front. I'm on one today. So I just need you to just be ready. So, you know, your toes, I'm going to step on all of them. You're going to walk out of here stumbling because you're you ready. But we're going to grow because hear me. I, the reason we're doing this series at the top of the year is because I have to make sure you set this year in order because this is not like any other year that you've ever been in. And for those of you that haven't heard me teach about Jubilee Year, you got to go back, get the app, go to our website, go to our YouTube, watch all the messages in this series and watch all the messages where I talked about what this year is because this is not to be treated like any previous year. This is not 2022 part two. This is a whole new movie. And this is going to be the best part of your life. Come on, y'all. Lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith together. I'm in my year of Jubilee. I'm expecting celebration, emancipation, and restoration every day in Jesus' name. Amen. So, God, we tell you that we are open and we are ready, sir. Move now in this building and online. Get the glory out of everything. God, we are open and we are ready. Come on, 15. tell them, say, I'm open and I'm ready. And we expect you to speak to us with strength. Speak to us with power. We come against every distraction that will try to get us off of the focus of receiving this word. I declare distractions are gone. And we cast every care upon you because you care for us. Speak, Lord. Tell them in that 15 say, speak, Lord. I'm ready to hear. In my jubilee year, 
For those of you that know this is going to be the best year of your life, I'll know by your praise right here. If you don't believe it's going to be amazing, do nothing. But if you believe this is going to be the best year of your life yet, in this building on every digital campus, give God the glory right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go to work. So this is your jubilee year, and this is important to understand because this is not just some cute catchphrase that we came up with because it rhymes. It's 2023, so it's jubilee. I have literally walked you through the scripture where the Bible says every 50 years shall be a jubilee year. This is one of those jubilee years. For some of you, you've never seen a jubilee year, so this will be your first time experiencing this. For some of you, you lived past one because you're over 50, but you did not know what that year was. I'm going to tell everybody under the sound of my voice, this will be a once-in-a-lifetime year for you. God is about to set things in front of you, and you're going to say, this thing seems too good to be true, but it's not too good to be true. It has a name. It's called jubilee. Touch somebody on the soul to say it's jubilee for us now this is your year of jubilee which means you cannot depend on the media to tell you jubilee you cannot depend on social media to tell you jubilee you can't depend on friends and family to tell you jubilee because for some of them this is going to be a repeat of previous years but for everybody under the sound of my voice this will not be a repeat this is not 2022 part two this is a year you've never seen before this is a year you've never experienced before and it will be your best year yet shout jubilee Three things you can expect in a Jubilee year. Number one, celebration, which means everything in this year will be win or win for you. If you get good news, it's a win. If you get news that you don't think is good, it may not be good now, but I'm going to find out why that's good later. It's a win for everything that happens to you this year. Romans 8, 28. And we know that he makes all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. What does this mean? I'm only doing two things this year. I'm either winning the other thing I'm doing this year is winning, which means I don't need you depressed. I don't need you discouraged. I don't need you in anxiety. I don't need you with your head down. I don't need you talking about woe is me. No, if God shuts one door, that's because he's about to open a bigger one. Hmm. If God shuts down one opportunity, that's because he's got a better opportunity. If God lets one person leave your life, don't you chase nobody. God's about to bring you a fit because you dealt with enough counterfeits. I wish. Come on, say it's win or win for me. It's win or win for me. All right, the second thing is emancipation, which means no restrictions. Most Christians live very restricted lives where they're literally in cages that are wide open, but they're talking about how restricted they are. How do you know you are dealing with restrictions? Because you keep saying things like I can't. And every I can't in 2023 will become a I did. God, I need faith in the building. Make sure you sit next to a faith person. Touch them on the shoulder and say, you will complete it this year. You. Uh-uh. I don't like the way they responded. When you say something like that, the person next to you ought to respond with some type of praise. Tell somebody else, say, you'll complete it this year. We still ain't got it yet. Touch a third person and say, you'll get it done this year. Now put a praise behind that 1115. You've been working on it for years. It's about to happen this year. You've been praying about it for years. It's about to happen this year. You've been writing and planning and planning and writing and writing and planning and planning and writing, but this year, somebody say it's getting ready to happen. Here we go. Emancipation. You have no restrictions. I don't care what restricted you in previous years. Those restrictions will not affect you this year. 
Hear me, hear me. Stop saying, God, I'm waiting on the door to open. Every door you need to be open is open. Every opportunity you need, you have. You're not locked down, cuffed down, broke down, or disgusted. You got to hear me. You have no restrictions this year. I come against your shyness. I come against your feeling like you're not good enough. I come against you feeling like it's going to fail. I don't know who this is for, but I rebuke your fear of failure. This will not be a year of failure for you. You're about to be like Peter. You're about to walk on something that other people drown in. Mm. You're about to step on something that other people lost their lives in. You're about to be the first one in your bloodline because you have no restrictions. I come against you feeling like it's going to fall apart. It's not falling apart this year. It's going to fall together. It, it's not breaking down, boo. It's about to be a breakthrough for you. Open your mouth and say, I have no restrictions. So do it. Send the application. Do it. Send the request. Do it. Because uh -uh, some of y'all been like, I'm just not sure. Here's your answer. Do it. Please touch somebody on the shoulder. Tell them, say, do it, do it, do it. You've been saying you're going to go back to school. Do it. And I pray every scholarship you need shows up so you don't have to pay a dime out of your own pocket. Open your mouth and shout, do it. Number three, a jubilee year is a year of restoration. If you grew up in church, your ideology of restoration is wrong. Because you think it's God giving you back something the way that you had it. Lord, restore my marriage. For what? It broke down. Why do you want to restore it? To restore it based on what most people think is to take it back to what it was. If they were lying then, you don't need that lying version back. If they were sloppy, you don't want the sloppy back. Watch me. Lord, restore my friendship. She was a whole liar and a betrayer. Why would you want that restored? Instead, restoration to God means he's going to make it better than it was before. And hear me. In your jubilee year, everything about your life will be better than it was before. Your fitness is going to be better. I pray this year you be 100% healthy and 100% healed. That you have no issues. In fact, this be the best annual physical you've ever had. And the doctors say these words to you. It looks like your body is getting younger even though you are aging. I pray that everything about your faith, your finances, your future, that it is better. Why? This is a biblically mandated jubilee year. Shout better than before. You don't want it to go back to the way it was. If they restore an automobile, they make it better than the automobile was before. So in a jubilee year, watch me, God says to restore some things, I'm going to make it better than it was before. Which means first, there may be some things I have to violently snatch away. I have to snatch away average so that I can give you above average. I have to snatch away regular so that I can give you what's irregular. I have to snatch away, watch me, what you have settled for so that I can give you something that makes you glad that you did not quit or give up. Hear me, how do you know it's a year of restoration? Because there are certain things that God is the one that's snatching it away, saying, I'm about, now if you'll trust me with that, I'm going to give you something better. If you trust me with that, I'll give you something bigger. Is there anybody in the building or online? Well, you've already seen in the first 21 days of this year some things you're like, God, what is up? What's going on with this? It's because God says, let me get that average up off of you because I'm about to put something that... For some of you, even your relationships, you're like, what's up with this? He says, let me snatch away somebody that's not sure whether or not they want you and they're just playing with you and wasting your time. And let me... Let me get rid of every counterfeit so I can put a fit in your life. Say celebration, emancipation, restoration. 
Now, on Wednesday, I taught you that the, you have to have the right priorities. That's why at the top of this year, we're doing this series called Jubilee to set the course of your year. And I taught you your priorities have to be right. Culture falsely teaches balance, but the Bible does not teach that. So you hear people say things like this. I'm just believe I'm trying to get work-life balance. It doesn't exist. I'm trying to get family balance. It doesn't exist. I'm just trying to have balance. It doesn't exist. Let me free you. Stop chasing what cannot be found. There's no such thing as balance. It's the right priorities. And when you have the right priorities, you get productivity and provision. How do you know that, Bishop? Jesus said it, Matthew 6.33. He said, but seek first the kingdom of God. Now, notice, he didn't say, he didn't say seek balance. He said, seek what? First. What is first? It means an order of things, a priority of things. If there's a first, there must be a, if there's a second, there must be a, he says, there are five things that are important to me, and I need you to seek those things first. We're going to go over those in a moment. He says, when these things are first, it's going to make sure that all these things are added unto you. Don't be mad that the person next to you will know no lack this year because they have sought the kingdom first. Watch me. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about they're not going to lack joy this year. They will not lack peace, which is shalom. Nothing will be missing. Nothing will be broken. Nothing will be lacking. All will be well. Don't be mad that the person next to you is celebrating the day in church. And you're like, why are they celebrating? Because since the kingdom is first, they're never going to come up last. And for some of you, I need to announce 2022 was your last year coming up last in anything. Let's prophesy. Your name's about to be brought up. Opportunities opening for you. And favor is finding you. Why? Because the kingdom is first. That's what Jesus said. He didn't, now notice what he didn't say. He didn't say seek your marriage first. Uh-oh. He didn't say seek your family first. For some of you, the reason you don't obey God is because of your family. Because their feelings are more important than his feelings. What they want is more important than what he said. Y'all ain't going to talk. He did not say seek your children first. He says seek first the what? The kingdom of God. These five things that are most important to him. And his righteousness. What does that mean? Do it his way. God's ways are different than ours. Um, like He's not mysterious. So for those of you that grew up in church, you heard this saying, the Lord works. That's a whole lie. You don't write a book and you're trying to keep secrets. How do you write a tell-all autobiography and you're trying to keep secrets? He's not keeping secrets. His ways aren't mysterious. They're just different. See, God says, when they do you wrong, you keep doing right. Now, to us, we're like, you hit me and I hit Jesus is like, that's too low for you to go. Because anybody that comes against you, if they're your enemy, I'll make them your footstool. Which means you let them do what they're going to do, but I'm going to let you come up from what they do. He says, he says, give and it shall be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. Here's what we think. If I get it, I need to get all I can and then can all I get. His ways are the more you release, the more you receive. See, this is why you need to not be mad at anybody from your past. They use me. They don't have the power to use you. They were a place for you to release. And every time you release, God says you're going to get increased from your release. I feel like preaching now. Ephesians 6, 8 says, knowing that any good anyone does, he shall receive the same from the Lord which means everything I've released I was sowing a seed you didn't waste your time you didn't waste your energy you didn't waste your money you didn't waste your tears you didn't waste your thoughts you didn't waste your consistency you didn't waste your faithfulness the only thing you were doing is sowing and that's why you're about to reap in 2020 for everybody that knows I got a lot seed in the ground way more than just my money I got some consistency in the ground I got some faithfulness in the ground I got I fought for some people and my loyalty has been sown and I'm about I'm about to about to about to reap to reap it all
Tell somebody next to you, say, it's your reaping season. It's your... Yeah, you cried some tears last year, but they that sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. Yeah, you sowed some loyalty to some people that weren't loyal to you, but what if you were going to find loyal people this year? Please touch somebody on the shoulder next to you and say, it's Jubilee. We're going to work on this neighbor you keep picking. Because when you say something, they ought to be so on fire that they put a praise once you touch them. Why is this important? Because you've been around enough people that don't want to see you do well. When you step into this building and when you step online, you're surrounded by other people that want to root for you and see you do well. You stepped into a safe place. You stepped into a place of champions that want to see you be a champion. Touch somebody next to you, please, say, it's our jubilee. Now put a praise behind it, 1115. If you didn't like me before, you're going to hate me now. If you were talking about what I had before, you're going to talk a real big now. It's my jubilee. He said, seek first priorities. The kingdom of God. These five things are important to God. I'm going to go over those in a minute. And his righteousness. Do it his way. Say, Lord, I want it your way. God sometimes, can I preach? Sometimes God takes you the long way. His way is not just what, it's also how. The Bible says when he took the children of Israel out of 430 years of Egyptian bondage, the Bible says he could have taken them, sir, the short way. It would have taken 11 days. But the Bible says had he taken them the short way, they would have seen their enemies. They would have experienced warfare, and they would have turned and went back. For every person where it seems like it's taking you longer, God says, you thought I was punishing you. Mm -mm. I was really making sure you were fully You were fully prepared because I need every ounce of punk in you gone. I need every ounce of pull back in you gone. I need every ounce of throwing the towel gone. I need you never to go to a negative place in your mind again. So look at me. So he took him, the Bible says, the long route. He said, this should have happened years ago, but I took you the long route. Why? Because I wanted to make sure when you got to your promise, you kept your promise. I wanted to make sure when I gave you what you prayed for, you didn't give it up. Lift your hands if you felt like you've been in the long way. Lift your hands. Worship God right there. Took longer than I thought. Took longer than I imagined. Took longer than I thought this thing was supposed to take. But I'm doing it his way on three. Holler his way. One, two, three. You ready? So look at me. I rebuke you thinking you're behind schedule. Uh-oh. I rebuke you thinking you're too old. What if I told you you're going to do more in your 40 plus than you did in your... Uh-uh, I don't know who I need to come for. I rebuke you thinking you missed your moment because you ain't in your 20s no more. I need you to know you're at the right place at the right time, in the right seat, doing the right thing, and all things are about to be jubilee for you. For those of us that have ever felt like we missed our moment or we wasted our time, can you just release a praise right there that you did not? You didn't waste your time. You didn't miss your moment. It's not too late for you. Right place, right time. Right place, right time. Say it, y'all. Right place, right time. Say it, y'all. Right place, right time. Be seated. Be seated. He says, you got to do this my way. And sometimes my way is I'm going to take you the long way. (laughs) 
over the mountain to grandmother's house, but if it's, you're going to feel like this is taking forever. He's going to avoid highways because he wants to make sure you know how to keep your speed. So while I was traveling this last week, I wanted to see certain things, and so I made sure that the navigation said avoid highways. If I got on the highway, it would have taken, you know, 20 minutes, all right? But taking the streetway is going to take you two hours. But there were things I got to see on the way to where I was going that I would not have seen on the highway. I'm trying to tell you, for those of you that felt like, I just feel so far behind, you are not behind. He just wanted to take you the scenic route. Because on the scenic route, what do you get to do? You get to see what you don't see. You get to possess what you won't possess. You get to meet people you never would have met had he... Lay your hands on yourself. Say, you're right on schedule. You're right on schedule. You're right on schedule. I don't know who the devil lied to this morning and said it's over for you. It ain't over for you. It's over for that mark. Because God is for you. And if God be for you, who would dare be against you? He says, you're going to have to keep the, seek the kingdom first and pursue my way and all these things will be added to you. Say, I'm ready for addition. Uh, you, you, I need you to say that, y'all, with authority. I need you to say that so that your job hears you. I need you to say that so that everything in the earth that has your name on it. He... Bishop, you have us doing so much in church because you're the one that needs to see the manifestation. Well, watch me. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. If you don't see it, you're never going to, if you don't say it, you're never going to see it. I need you to say this. Say everything in the earth that belongs to me, I command it to be added to me. You ready for this part? This year. Oh, I'm ready for it. Oh, I'm ready for it. He took me the long route, but I'm ready for it. You're ready for the opportunity. You're ready for what you prayed for. You're ready for what you sold for. You're ready for what you gave for. You ready? You ready? You ready? You ready? Some of y'all just need to remember that. If you don't remember nothing else from this message in your car when you drive it, just say, I'm ready. I'm ready. We ready? We ready? Point yourself at him. You ready? You ready? We ready? We ready? Let's go. Stop. All these things will be added to you. God didn't want you to buy a house when the price was going to be too high. So he took you the long route so that you could get the... You ain't paying full price for nothing. I... He didn't want you to get a car paying that much for it. So he took you the long route and said, I'm about to drop the price. For... Can we thank him for the long way? You watch other people get in their relationships, but watch me. Just as fast as they got together, they broke up. That's because God says yours is going to be one like Keith Sweat. He's going to make it last forever and ever and ever and ever. Stop. You got to go. You got to go. His way sometimes is the long way. Jesus had all power. 100% God, 100% man. The Anthropos. So much God you can believe is man, so much man you can believe is God. He literally is God in a body. 
He had the power to heal. He had the power to do everything. He was 100% God. God held him back until he was 30. He held him back until it was a jubilee year. In Luke 4, Jesus' first message was the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he's anointed me to preach the gospel. He lists several things, and then he ends with this phrase. He says, to proclaim the acceptable or favorable year of the Lord. You know what that means? The jubilee year. Look at me. Look at me. I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish this message because this thing is good to me. I need somebody to hear me. God has held certain things back from being added to you until you stepped into a jubilee You're not listening to what I'm saying. There's certain things you're like, why is this not happening? God says, I'm going to hold you back until you step into your jubilee year. And then when you step into your jubilee year, baby, it's on. For those of us that know this is going to be a record-breaking year, I'm going to give you one opportunity to worship your God for three seconds. Go, three. Record-breaking, mind-blowing, statistic shattering, line crossing, curse breaking. Yeah! Yeah! Let's go. Seeking the kingdom first is symbiotic. Symbiotic is a mutually beneficial relationship. Sometimes people say, well, what? You ready for this? And, 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 and I'm going to put my hand up first because I, I need you to know whenever you're with me, you're in a safe, secure environment. You do not have to play them church games where you're pretending like it's not what it is. More people would get healed if they could be real. That's why I hope you ain't sitting next to somebody fake. Just look them up and down and just say, I hope you're not fake. I hope, I hope you can be real with me. You can keep it 100. Why? Because both of us going to get Jubilee this year. Ain't no need in you pretending. Ain't no need in me pretending. This is going to be, we're going to know exactly why we had to go through what we went through. We're going to know exactly why we had to shed the tears that we shed. Some people have thought this. My hand's up first. You see certain things. Now, let me finish it because some of y'all just listen to me. If your hand up, my hand up, okay? <laughs> you have gone through certain things, and you have said this or thought this to yourself. Well, what's the benefit? Some of y'all lying because you said it this morning. Listen, I can hear you. You ready? What is the benefit to doing all of this God stuff? All this spiritual stuff. All this church stuff. And then you discover that some of, some of the folks that say they know the Lord more crazy than people who say they You have met a church person and you were like, you are a whole hell of a mess. I'm not cussing. Hell is a Greek word, Gehenna, which means hot trash. We keep it on standby. What is the benefit to this? What's the benefit to keeping God first? What's the benefit to kingdom first? And people will try to make it deep and spiritual. But here's what I discovered about God. God knows us. You know, you know he made us. So he already knows that we are driven by reward. Let me put it to you right now. You will change your whole way of eating if you, if you can see your body yada yada looking better at the end of it. Oh, y'all ain't going to say that to me? For my single people, you will change stuff about yourself if you think it's going to get you a ring. Y'all ain't talking. Say something. You don't even like the mountains. You're talking about, ooh, look at outside. It is so beautiful. I just like, oh, God. Ooh, I love the outdoors. You can't stand outdoors. You alive. 
you trying to get that ring? Y'all ain't. Texting your, texting your lady friends, I can't stand this stuff being outside. This is a mess. Yeah, baby, I love it. Yeah, ooh-wee, I love outdoors. I love Can't stand traveling on planes. Ready? God knows we're rewarded, and, and we respond to rewards. David didn't fight Goliath just because. You know what David did? David walked up and said, what is the man that defeats Goliath going to get. He says, what's the symbiosis here? If I take him down, what do I get? They said, well, if you take him down, uh, you're going to get free taxes. You're going to get one of the king's daughters. You're going to get all these perks. David was like, I get all of that if I take him down? So why was David so bold? You ready? Because he was motivated by the reward. And I'm going to tell you, God already knows us. He knows that we need to be motivated by something. And I'm going to tell you, in your jubilee year, you need to be motivated by this. Celebration, emancipation, and restoration. I'll face it because I know it's win or win for me. I'll deal with it because I know it's going to be better for me. I'll handle it because I know I have no restrictions. This is what a symbiotic relationship is. In a friendship, it's not a symbiosis if you're the one doing all of the stuff and the other friend just sitting up eating off you. Symbiosis is where you pay for the meal this that time, and then the next time they fight you for the bill and say, no, I got you. Symbiosis is sometimes you're the one praying for them, and sometimes they're the one praying for you. Symbiosis says they do their part, you do your part, and it's mutually beneficial. I cancel, you ready? Every non-symbiotic relationship in your life. Oh, my God. Every non-symbiotic relationship, I declare it will not make it past the first quarter of 2023. If that thing ain't mutually beneficial, God's about to cut that thing off. No leeches in your life this year. No snakes in your life this year. No Judases in your life this year. No users, abusers in your life this year. If you agree with that, say yes, Lord. It's a mutually beneficial relationship. So let's examine this in light of Isaiah 1 and 19. Here's what God says. If you willingly obey, this is the Message Bible. The Message Bible is the North Denver Bible. It's the South Side of Atlanta Bible. It's the South Side of Memphis Bible. Some of y'all will catch the clues in a moment, okay? It, it just says it in a whole different type of way. One of the verses in the Message Bible when Jesus was talking about Judas literally quotes like this. I'm not playing games with you, Judas. What no these, what no thou's. Message Bible says, look, I am not playing games with you. Okay? So look what the message Bible says. If you willingly obey, you will feast like kings. Hear me, hear me, Lenfantine. This is going to be your king year. This is going to be the year you checking in the stuff and you're like, wow. Okay. This is going to be the year they picking you up and stuff and you're like, wow. This is going to be the year you're depositing checks and they looking at them like, this check is like, whoa. I wish you lift your hands and say, this is my king year. He says, if you willingly obey, you'll feast like kings. Now, this is important because if you grew up in church, you were falsely taught that you, that you were one or the other. That to be spiritual, you couldn't be successful. That to be successful, you couldn't be spiritual. That's a lie. Revelation 5.10, and he has made us kings and priests. Spiritual and successful. You can pray and you can slay. You can go up and worship and you can come down and get that work done. 
It's not either or, it's both and, and that's what you're doing in your jubilee year. Well, the Bible says if you're willing and obedient. So watch what God says. Here's the symbiosis. God says, I need you to willingly obey me. And if you do that, here's the symbiosis, you're going to live like a king. You're going to live so well. Watch me. You're going to be the first one in your bloodline. Bishop, you say that a lot because it's true about you. I can't talk about the rest of your bloodline, but you, I can. And I'm telling you, you're going to be the first one in your bloodline that does not know debt. You're going to be the first one in your bloodline that does not know having to take pills to live. Y'all know. You're going to be the first one in your bloodline where that, that sugar, as they call it, it got everybody else, but it's not touching you. Open your mouth, please, and say, I am willing and obedient. Say it again, 11:15. I'm willing and obedient. So here's the symbiosis. God says, God says, if you're willing and obedient, okay, then you're going to live. You're going to feast like a king. So let me break down the symbiosis of these five things that are important to God. Because remember, Matthew 6, 33, seek First, the kingdom. These five things that are important to God. Watch the symbiosis. Number one, your, ta uh, your talent. This is serving in church. Everybody under the sound of my voice in this building or online where the majority of us are, you have a talent, a gift, a skill, an ability that should be used to advance God's church. Period. Period. You're not too busy. You do not have that much going on. You, you don't. You don't. You take a few hours off TikTok. And uh, come on, you, you're not that busy. So watch what the Bible says, Ephesians 4, 6. Look at me, look at me. God has need of you. He didn't put it in you for you to sleep on it. He put it in you for you to serve it up. Question, what is spoiling because you won't serve it? You got food in your, in the South we call them frigidaires. You have you have talents, gifts, skills, and abilities in your Frigidaire, and the only time you serve it up is if you're getting a check. God says, I've given you, watch me, talent, gifts, skills, abilities. Serve it up. And when you serve it up, do it well. Don't do it sloppy because there's no check attached to it. The greatest among you, Jesus said, will be what? Your servant. So look at Ephesians 4, 6. Watch the symbiosis. The church and all its various parts joined and knitted firmly together by what every joint supplies. So a joint here represents a, re, a, a connection. Everybody in this building and everybody online, hear me, you have something to supply. You may say, well, Bishop, I don't really have a lot of talent, but you can smile. And somebody needs your smile. Let's practice. So your pearly 22, 32, 5, 10, 15, aluminum foil, platinum gold, whatever you got. Just smile at the person on your left and your, on your right. Just say, you got a smile. You got a smile. You got an arm that can clean the toilet. Stop. You got something you can use. Watch me. That supplies something to God's church. Look at me. Bishop, I'm still working out some issues in my life. So is everybody that serves. You are never going to get to a place to where you're ready. Talking about everything in my life is good. I can serve you now. God is like, no. You do it while everything in your life is not together. And your serving is going to get your life together. Why? Because you're going to have a structure that demands excellence out of you. You're going to have a structure that demands the best out of you. So look at the screen. 
He says, when each part is working properly, it causes the body to grow. Now, a lot of people like to complain about what a church doesn't do, yet they do nothing. Well, you know, Bishop need to do this. You need to do You don't run me. You need to do something. He need to do this. What have you built? How many people have you fed? You ready? A lot of people like to complain. It's easy to complain, but it requires, you ready? It requires commitment to contribute. If you're, if you're married to a complaining spouse, you, you love their absence more than their presence. Don't look at me. Don't look at them. Don't elbow them like, he talking to you, boo. Don't do that. I'm trying to make your car ride home good. Don't do that. Do not do that. Just look at me. Don't do that. If, if your kids are complainers, you literally can't wait to drop them off at Big Mama's house. I go on with your grandma because I'm not the one. My mom wants some ice cream. Ask your grandmama to get you some ice cream. I'm tired of this. Y'all ready? <laughs> Look at me. When each part is working properly, it causes the body to grow and mature. You have something that the body needs. That's why he gave it to you. And you may think it's not significant. You may think that it's not a big deal. You may think, well, I got too many issues I'm working out. Now, recognizing Jesus never used perfect people. Have you seen the 12 he picked? They were like not the B team. They were the C team. They were the team Kansas City put in at the end of the game once it became clear yesterday that Jacksonville wasn't going to win. Huh? Now, in all fairness, I only saw the last four minutes of that game. You ready? I mean, this is, these are not, we don't even know. You got to look these people up. Peter, a whole thug. An inconsistent thug at that. Thomas, a doubter. You ready? These were not perfect people. Oh, and by the way, they were all ages 13 to 21. So Jesus used millennials to change the world. Jesus was a millennial. So for every millennial that says, I can't do that, oh, you're exactly, I don't care how old you are, how young you are, you're exactly who he's looking for. You ready? This is when each part is working properly, it causes the body to grow and mature, building itself up in unselfish love. Look at me. Here's the issue most of us have, is that after we've been hurt, our love becomes selfish. You ever done something for somebody, and after you've done it, you're like, I ain't doing nothing for nobody else. You know, you really went out of your way to be a good friend for somebody, and then after that, you're like, I ain't doing this good friend stuff for nobody else. You, they call you, I'm going through this. Going, oh, child, trust God. Keep him first. <laughs> I ain't helping nobody. I live in the same building as you. Can you run me to the store? Mm -mm. Get somebody else to do it. But here's what God, here's the symbiosis. When you serve with your talent, the symbiosis is that the body grows, the body matures in unselfish love. The symbiosis is that there is something you bring to the table that somebody else needs, but in doing so, it causes the body to grow. Lift your hands, say, God, give me a servant's heart. Let me use my gifts, talents, skills, and abilities to serve your church. 
And you can do that with Harvest. You can do that in a building. You can do that online. Literally, you don't even have to be in a building to be able to serve. Amen. You have something that you can serve with. This is seeking the kingdom first. Number two, let's look at this. Your time, your church attendance. It's amazing to me how fast people want to be getting out of church. Now, y'all know we don't keep you all day. I'm like Pharaoh. I let God's people go. We don't keep you all day. Some of y'all, who, who in the building, who online, wave at me online. If you grew up in church where you, you were in church from sunup until you were slobbering on the pew. At now, Harvest, we're a new school church. You know, we, you know, we got a little old school flavor, new school principles. You understand? So we don't keep you here all day. It's amazing on how many people church has an hour and a half. So you want your life to change. And you're not willing to invest an hour and a half? You want everything in your life. It's my jubilee. Come on here. Emancipation, celebration, restoration. Okay, now, Bishop, I got to go to brunch. Look at Hebrews 10.25. Now forsaking our meeting together. We're a hybrid church, so that's online and in the building. Together as believers for, what? for worship and instruction. Question, did you come to be worshipped or did you come to worship? How do you know the difference? Because when it's time to go up for God, it's not about me. Which means even if you just had a horrible day, when I give God my worship, it's not about me. Here's what I discovered is many Christians actually come to be worshipped. What do you mean? Because they're not lifting their hands. They're not going to shout. They're not going to clap. It don't take all of that. But you know, we have footage of you at the Nuggets game. And you seem to think it took all of that. We had footage of you on the phone with the Comcast employee that wouldn't give you that $5 credit. It seemed to me like you can get very passionate. Are you finna give me my $5? I ain't the one. You ready? You ready? When we come together, it's worship and instruction, which means you have to make sure you didn't come to be worshipped. What does that mean? To focus all the attention on you. To make it all about you. Now, this is the important part because this is not just becoming the clock in. I'm not just coming to say, God, we good, right? No, this is me coming to worship him. What does this mean? I make him the center of my attention. It means that I give him worth based on who he is. See, worship has nothing to do with what he's done. It's just because of who he is. But you cannot worship someone that you don't actually see their value. Can I tell you that the only reason you're still breathing is because of God? The reason you made it through a pandemic is because when death knocked at your door through a pandemic virus, God says, not this one, not today. They shall live and not die. For anybody that can think back over your life and you know that God has been with you, even if you didn't know it, I'm going to give you five seconds to lift up a worship right there. Go, five. Say, Lord, I worship you. Listen, he says, for worship and instruction. This means, but I don't feel like shouting, he deserves it. Why does it take all that, Bishop? I didn't go up in a church like that. That ain't got nothing to do with me. The Bible says, he said, shout. He said, worship. He said, dance. He said, jump. He said, give me a hallelujah. I'm about to give you an opportunity. Hallelujah means to act like a fool. It's the highest praise. You've acted a fool for money. 
You've acted a fool for relationships. You've acted a fool for jobs. I need to check this building end online. Who can act a fool for God? I... Where y'all at? Can I get a runner in the building? Can I get a leaper in the building? Can I get a shouter in the building? Can I get a praiser online? I'll act a fool for God. He's been that good to me. I'll act a fool for God. My worship isn't for you. My worship is for him. Just the voices. Come on, 1115. That's what he wants to hear. That's what he wants to hear. That's what he wants to hear. I'll act a fool for him. Be seated. Be seated. God says, God says, I, I have been too good to you for you to act like you were baptized in pickle juice. I've been too good to you. You really think, you really think your education is why you got that position? Is that what you, you really think that, you really think it was your erudite prowess? Some of you are trying to Google, what did he say? You really think it was your good driving skills that kept that accident from taking you out? It was because when death came knocking, God says, nope, you can't have this one. They've got too much life to live. And I don't know about you, it's his breath in my lungs. And so every opportunity I get, I will give him worship. Let's go. He says worship and instruction. So here's the second part. When we gather, your church attendance, whether it's on, in a building or online, when we gather, I'm not just worshiping him, but I'm getting instructions. Question, do you listen for comfort or correction? Because instruction is designed to correct anything that needs to be corrected, to bring order to anything that doesn't, that's out of order. Most Christians, when they're listening to a message, they just want comfort, which is why they never change. If you only eat comfort food, you're going to be big as all outdoors. And I'm the first one to talk. Listen, I have to keep my, look, I love macaroni and cheese and cornbread and white bread with butter. Come on, come on, come on, Lemfertine, don't let me hang. Are there any other bread lovers in the building? Jesus. While I was in Atlanta, they had a vegan butter. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you what I did. I tasted, I said, what is this? They said, oh, sir, that's vegan butter. I said, I said, I said come here, baby girl. Bring me two more of these. One for them and one for me. And bring me a fresh plate of that. Let me get. I put everything. I had vegan shrimp and grits. I know. I took that scrimp. Scrimps and lobster towers. I took that scrimp. I put that vegan butter in my grits and. Glory to God. Listen. Some of y'all are like, why are you talking about food? We're on a 21 day fast. So sometimes when you can't have it, you got to talk about it. Come on here. It's a vegan shrimp and grits. I know. Changed my life. Hey, look at me, guys. We come together for worship and instruction. So when I'm listening to a message, I cannot be listening just for comfort. I got to be listening like, what do I need to change? What do I need to do different? 
Where am I lacking? What needs to be different? This is why many Christians get frustrated with church is because they didn't come for instruction. They came for comfort. And you can't live on a high sugar diet and expect to be healthy. You're going to have to have some meat and potatoes. You're going to have to have something that challenges you that makes you say, wow, I got to fix this. I got to change that. Watch me. Correction isn't a bad thing. It's a gift. The Bible says that those that the Lord loves, he chastises, which means anytime I'm hearing the word, if I don't get corrected, I get concerned. Because if he stops correcting, that means he stopped caring. Let's take a pause for the cause right here. I'm not the only one, I'll know by your response, who can thank God that I know that he loves me. Why? Because he keeps on checking me. I Every time I feel like I'm having a human moment, here he goes checking me. Every time I feel like I'm justified in feeling a certain way, here he goes checking me. Would you touch your neighbor and say he checks you because he cares about you? Here's the symbiosis. When we gather together for worship and instruction, he says, don't forsake it as is the habit of some. He says, you can't be like them. He says, but encouraging one another. For some of you, when you log in, for some of you, when you come in this building, this is the only encouragement you get all week. This is the only place where you feel supported all week because you you around some some people and people will people you. So the reason I have you to speak so much to your neighbor is because you don't know how long they've needed to hear somebody say something good to them. You don't know how long they needed somebody just to look at them and smile. You didn't know how they needed somebody on the chat because they work at home, they eat at home, their kids at home. They spend all this time in that house. They own Zooms. They and they needed some encouragement. Come on. I know you're tired of it, but you're about to do it because you're about to encourage them. So go on and look at them. Go on and look. Come on. Go on and look. Look at them. Look at them. Look at him. Now, if you're looking at both at the same time, come up here so I can lay hands on you and heal. Because something ain't working. Can't do both at the same time. You ready? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Just say, I speak encouragement into you. Online, you type it in the comments. S say, this is going to be your best year yet. Come on, encourage him. Say, God's going to pay you back this year for the hell you've gone through in previous years. Come on, encourage them, y'all. Encourage them. Encourage them. Encourage them. Look at somebody say, you're the head and not the tail. Above and not beneath. Always overcoming. Never being overcome. We need encouragement. We need encouragement. We need encouragement. You can't stop an encouraged man. You can't stop an encouraged woman. All the encouraged people, lift your hands and say, I am encouraged. Here's the next one. Here's the next one. We got to go. Here's the next one. 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 The next one. Watch me. Your thirst. Your prayer, praise, and worship. Now, now, we've touched on this a little bit, but this is important. In 2 Chronicles 20 and 2, the Bible says that the king of Judah... Now, let me give you a quick history lesson. Israel was fully united until Solomon died. When Solomon died, Solomon didn't want to die because his sons were crazy. Let me parenthetically insert this for every leader, every parent. Don't think that the failures of your followers means you failed as a leader. Solomon said, I had these sons and they're nothing like me. 
um, Jeroboam, Rehoboam. He's like, they are nothing like me. And so Solomon did not want to die because he knew when he died, things were going to get crazy. Watch me. So when he died, things got crazy because his sons took over. And his sons, the Bible says, you ready for this? The Bible says his sons listened to worthless fellows. I pray that you don't have worthless fellows around you. I pray you don't have people speaking worthless stuff to you. I pray that you not succumb to the peer pressure from people who have never been productive. You ready? So, so the kingdom splits. You have the north kingdom, which is called Israel. Southern part of the kingdom, which is called Judah. Now, uh, 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 Jehoshaphat is king of Judah in 2 Chronicles 20. He gets this message. A vast army is coming against you. So he gets word it's about to be a whole bunch of people coming against you. Here's my issue, 1115. I don't, I don't mind you reporting what's coming. My question is, what did you do to stop it? You got to have people in your life that just don't run tell you so-and-so said this. Listen, I don't really care what she said because I can't stand her either. My question is, what did you say? Because here's how I know who's with me. If that you defend me in my absence. Y'all ain't going to say, you're not with me if you a turncoat. And when I'm not in the room, you don't. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. No, you need people around you that will fight for you in your presence and in your. I pray God put some gladiators around you this year. Here we go. Let's go. Verse three. Jehoshaphat was alarmed. What does this mean? He gets scared. He's like, there's these three armies coming against him. I'm going to explain him in a minute. And the Bible says, and he set his face to seek the Lord. What does that mean? He prayed. Say prayer. And he proclaimed a fast throughout Judah. Say he fasted. Fasting is a form of worship. Why? Because it says, God, not what I want. When you deprive your body of what you normally eat, what you're doing is saying, God, I choose to worship you. More of you, less of me. So fasting is not just a discipline thing. It's not just to get your flesh under control. Fasting is a form of worship. This is why, watch me, it produces great results for you. Because God says you've shifted the attention from you. You've pushed your plate back and shifted the attention to me. That's why it's not just fasting. It's fasting and prayer. Because if all you do is fast, you didn't do anything but diet. You got to pray while you fast. You hear me? When you want to go stop at that McDonald's and get you a cheeseburger. Y'all ain't saying that. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you that you're renewing my strength like an eagle. When you're trying to pretend like you don't know the ingredients. I ain't talking about me. Saints at the 1115. Oh, this has sugar in it. You knew good and not going well when you were snacking on that thing. It was too good to be true. Mm, this is good. I thought it was vegan. I didn't know it was real German chocolate. <laughs> vegan has nothing to do with sugar. <laughs> now, why are you saying this business? Because I remember one year, let's just, let's just stop off on the side real fast. I remember one year during the fast, this lady had brought, brought this piece of cake. She said, Bishop, ooh, this cake is so good, and it's on the fast. I said, what? She said, no, Bishop, it's vegan. I said, I don't understand your point. She says, no, it's, it's vegan. It's, 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 ve it's all on the fast. I said, it has sugar in it. No, but if it's vegan. I said, you need to go look up the definition. Because she brought this whole German chocolate cake to the church. 
trying to give out pieces of cake to the people. Talking about, ooh, I've been eating this cake. It's so good. And it's all on the fast. It's vegan. Okay, back to the message. Here we go. Some of y'all just got a revelation because you're checking some stuff in now. You're like, oh, my God. Here we go, 1115. Here we go. He was alarmed. Now, pay attention to what he did when he was alarmed. What did he do? He fasted and prayed. Fasting is a form of worship. What do you do when you're alarmed? You start cussing? No judgment. Okay, since y'all want to act funny at church, how many of you, when you get alarmed, sometimes you speak in tongues that are known? This is why we have footage from the parking lot that they're about to put in. We saw you in your car. What do you do when you're alarmed? Do you get mad with your spouse who did nothing to you? Do you get mad at your kids who do nothing to you? Do you get mad at the world? Do you start talking crazy to drivers? I know. But listen, what do you do? What do you do? Look at what Jehoshaphat did. See, this is how you seek the kingdom first. Jehoshaphat said, I'm afraid. This is a mess. Let's pray. Let's fast. Let's pray. Let's worship. Watch what happens. Look at the next verse. The moment they began their shouts of praises. So, so remember, your thirst is your what? Prayer, praise, worship. From the first couple of verses, we had prayer and worship. What do we get in this verse? Praise. Now we got all three. In 2023, you're going to need all three. What happens? The moment they began their shouts and praises, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. Here's the best part of the verse. And they were defeated. So here's the symbiosis. When I release my prayer, praise, and worship, he sends an ambush against my enemies. So why am I praising him on Sunday? Because I'm about to see ambushes against my enemies on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Come on, 11.15, we're about to go, but can I get you to release a praise right there? Go. 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 Come on. Come on, open your mouth and say, he's defeating my enemies. Now, let me teach you this practically because there's three specific enemies that are mentioned here, and their meanings explain to you what your praise is actually doing. When you combine your prayer, praise, and worship, when you grew up old school church, especially Pentecostal, you shouted for an hour. No, literally. I mean, you'd still be shouting. Church started at 1115. Y'all would still be shouting. The preacher may not even be there yet. I mean, <laughs> he might be on the way. Not knocking any of that. Here's my point. Um, you shouted, but you didn't actually understand what it was supposed to do. So you prayed, you praised, and you worshiped without understanding, which means you'll get frustrated when you see results that seem contrary to what you were taught to expect. It says, and they defeated their enemies, these three enemies. The first is Ammon, which means hidden enemies, which means how do I know my prayer, praise, and worship is working? Because he's going to reveal the hidden enemies. Which means when I combine those three, there may be enemies that I'm like, where did this come from? You're like, oh my God, it seems like the more I praised, the more people started acting crazy. It wasn't a negative. It was God revealing your hidden enemies. For some of you, watch me, your enemy is your hidden enemy. So sometimes your prayer, praise, and worship will frustrate you with yourself to make you want to change things in yourself. So he'll reveal it so that he can heal it. There's some things you won't address so your prayer, praise, and worship makes it bubble up. 
So you, you see this? This is how this works. And you're like, I praise God, and it just seemed like it got worse. It didn't get worse. It just got revealed. Because most people live life avoiding things, hiding from things, wanting other people to deal with what they need to deal with. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not dealing with your issues. Come on, say, handle your own issues. For some of you, when you pray or praise and worship, you'll get a crazy text from somebody you thought well, you were a friend. You'll be like, where did this come from? The Lord just revealed to you this was a hidden enemy. What's an enemy? I feel like preaching right through here. What's an enemy? It is a noun, person, place, thing, or idea that opposes your forward progress. So when I combine my prayer, my praise, and my worship, God's going to say, any hidden enemy, I'm going to throw them out front so you see exactly who they are. And don't be mad, just adjust. Y'all not going to say them. Don't be angry, just adjust. Put them in the right seat. Restrict their access. Second enemy was Moabites. This means generational curses. What's a generational curse? It's a destructive pattern of behavior that's passed down and around. God says that what I'm going to do when you release your prayer, praise, and worship together is I am going to defeat generational patterns of behavior that have been passed down and around. What does this mean? God says, I'm going to put a mirror in front of you and show you what's in you that you said you didn't want in you because you didn't like it in them. So your prayer, praise, and worship, here's how you know it's working. It's working because you will feel like, oh, my God, I do not want to be like that. Oh, my God, I can't stand when so-and-so in my family acts like that. And then he'll look at you and say, now look at the part of her that's in you. He'll say, look at the part of him. You didn't want to be nothing like him, but now you're just like him. So your prayer, praise, and worship says, here's a mirror. How you like it? And you were thinking it wasn't working because God showed you you. Here's the third thing your prayer, praise, and worship will do. See the symbiosis? Because God says there's certain things you will never be able to correct until you confront. But you can't confront what's concealed. Third thing, Mount Seir. This means past circles and cycles. This is where the children of Israel walked around the same mountain for 40 years. It was the same. Could you imagine I'm not a mountain person. Any mountain people in the building, you love the mountain? Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Online, wave at me. That's awesome. I'm not. Y'all want to go and camp and hike and canoe and white water raft? I got all the water I need in my shower. I, I, I can turn the bubbles on in, my, in, in the jacuzzi. I, ooh, white, white, white water. It's white water, okay? Only do that. That's just, that's just me, all right? I've seen too many movies of people getting stuck up there. I'm just being funny. I'm just being funny. Hey, but look, but look, they walked around the same mountain. At some point, you'd think somebody would say, haven't we been here before? And then, they, then you know, you leave something like, okay, if I see that again, I know. Then they walk around. Wait a minute. We've been here. Before, ready? The only way you can get out of a cycle in a circle is something has to show you where the promise actually is. So your prayer, praise, and worship, it reveals to you you're working in circles and cycles. You keep picking the same type of person. They just have a different body, yada, yada. Same spirit. So the only way to break the cycle is to get the cycle out of you. <laughs> 
the only way to reduce your hunger for Egypt is to get Egypt out of you. And what does your prayer, praise, and worship does? Is it, it defeats hidden enemies, generational curses, past circles and cycles. For every person, do not respond to this. If you want 2023 to be a repeat of any previous year, please sit there, do nothing. But for the rest of us, well, you believe that every hidden enemy, every generational curse, every past circle and cycle, that it comes to an end this year with no music. I just need you to release your prayer, praise, and worship. Go! 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 Come on, you curse breaker. You line crosser. You history maker. Come on! Hallelujah! Come on, YouTube. Come on, Facebook. Just go five more seconds. Five. Four, three, two. Say, Lord, defeat every enemy. Last two, last two, last two. Your testimony, inviting people to church. God didn't save you to be an end. He saved you to be a beginning. Most people, when they get saved, it's like the end. I'm saved now. Praise God. It's not the ending. It's the beginning of a new life. It is the end of the old, but it's the beginning of the new. So let's go here. In Acts chapter 6, um, the men of God are confronted with a complaint. Some people are complaining to the men of God, the 12. They're complaining to them saying, you know, uh, y'all gave so-and-so more food when y'all was giving out food than y'all gave us. And the men of God get an attitude and say, it is not desirable for us to leave the word in prayer to serve tables. Let us appoint some men over this business to deal with this. In other words, don't bring me this type of stuff. There's somebody in place to deal with this. Why are you bringing this to me? That's what they say. In Acts chapter 6, they appoint what's known as the deacons or the servant leaders in church. And they put them over this business, not over the business, as some denominations have incorrectly interpreted that. Now, in Acts chapter 7, one of those servant leaders or deacons is named Stephen. Another's name is Philip. There's several of them. And in Acts 7, Stephen gets stoned to death. Now, look at Acts chapter 8, what happens. The Bible says Philip went down to a city. His friend was just stoned to death. And you know what he does? He doesn't retreat. He reaches. And for some of you, watch me, you don't recognize that you are most anointed after you've been freshly crushed. I'm going to back it up and say it again. What does the anointing represent? God's super to your natural, his grace, his favor. How do you get anointing oil? You crush olives. So whenever you and I go through something disappointing or something crushing, what does it do? It makes us oily. Which means you're most oily, you're most anointed, you're most graced after you've gone through a fresh disappointment. So in Acts 7, Philip watches his friend be stoned to death. And in Acts chapter 8, we see that Philip went down to a city, proclaimed Christ to them. And look at all of what happened. The Bible says, the Bible says that when he proclaims Christ to them, that not only do the people get saved, but verse 7, unclean spirits come out of many who were possessed and the paralyzed and lame were healed. Look at verse 8. So there was great joy in your city, great joy on your job. Great joy in your family. Look at me. The time for you to do the most is now. Stop talking about, well, as soon as I get past this, I'm going to invite people to church. Do it now. Whether you invite them in this building or online, you're most anointed after you've been freshly disappointed. So here he is encouraging people after he has been discouraged. Here he is building people up after he has been knocked down. Lift your hands. Say, Lord, make me a hope dealer. 
which means you'll be at Target inviting people to church. You'll be at the grocery store inviting people to church. Why? Because my job is to, in, uh, is to deal hope. My job is to make sure that people know the Lord. Here's the symbiosis. Jesus says, do this so that my house is filled. Symbiosis for you is that it encourages you. Have you ever noticed how when you start helping people with their issues, you start feeling better about your issues? They're telling you about their problem, and you start encouraging them, and then all of a sudden, you're starting to feel good about yours. You encouraging people on your job. They didn't know that you were this five, Look, you weren't five miles past empty. You had no gas. You went to work on fumes. But the moment you started encouraging them, symbiosis started. And as I kept pouring into them, God poured into me. I poured into them, God poured into me. I encouraged them, God encouraged me. I built them, God built me, which brings me to the last one, your treasure. Faithfully giving tithes, offerings, first fruits, and love offerings. I've taught you over 15% of Jesus' words were about money. More than faith, prayer, heaven, and hell combined. The Bible says money answers all things. So why would we not talk about money in church when Jesus made sure to teach his people to do well financially. You will not be avoiding calls this year. Because it came from somebody trying to collect something. Y'all, Money will not be your issue this year. You will not have to check your balance because you'll have cards that have none. Please, would you tell somebody next to you, say money will not be your issue this year. So let's look at this, and then we're out of here. We're out of here. We're going to baptize, dedicate, and then let you go have some vegan German chocolate cake. No, I'm just playing. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Don't do that. Don't do that. Let's look at Malachi. Malachi means messenger. It, it literally means a message. And I'm going to read it to you in the message Bible. I already taught you the message Bible is a different type of Bible. Um, it says that a little bit more plain. So I want you to see this and then we're done. You ready? So in Malachi chapter 3, it says this. Begin by being honest. Okay. Do honest people rob God, but you rob me day after day. Thievery is different than robbery. To be a thief means you do it in stealth and secret. To rob means you do it out in the open. God says, my people show up every week and tell me to bless them while they rob me openly. Comcast got their money. Verizon got their money. The IRS got their money. Your house note got its money. Your car note got its money. I gave you the money in the first place to take care of that. How is it you're robbing me? So look what the scripture says. You rob me day after day. And then you got the nerve to ask me this message, Bible. How have we robbed you? The tithe and the offering. That's how. He says you're under a curse. Now, a lot of people will say, well, I don't, I don't give, and, and I'm doing good financially. Yeah, but you hate your spouse. See, a curse is an empowerment to fail, which means it may not be in your money. It will appear wherever it will do the most damage. I'm going to say it again. It will appear wherever it does the most damage. And let me be clear. God don't put this on you. Let me help those of you who think, if he wanted you out of here, you would have been gone. The fact that you're still alive means God says you got more work to do. I got to finish this message, but let's just take a 10-second praise break that you just got proof that there's more work for you to do because if he wanted you gone, you would have died a long time ago.
Come on, let fifty say there's more work for me to do. There's more living for me to do. Let's prophesy to one another. Look at somebody and say, you got places to go. You got things to do. You have lives to change. Your best isn't behind you. It's in 2023. Come on, let fifty. we're about to go. But I need you to make sure you know what type of year you're in. Just shake somebody's arm and say, this is going to be your best year yet. I don't like the way they responded. Shake somebody else. Say, this is going to be your best year yet. And you're going to have multiple pieces of property. Y'all let me prophesy. And you're going to have a house here and Atlanta. You're going to have multiple streams of income. You will not struggle or worry about money or finances. You won't need a bank because this year you're going to be your own bank. And your name's about to be brought up. Be seated. Be seated. We got to go. He says, we got to go. He says, bring the full tithe to the temple treasury so that there will be ample provisions in my temple. You ready? Next part. Test me now in this to see if I don't open up heaven itself to you. Look at me. Heaven is not out of ideas. Heaven is not out of opportunity. Heaven is not out of creativity. Hear me, Levitine. Heaven has unlimited resources. What did he say he's going to do? I'll open it up to you and pour you out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. Here's the symbiotic part. For my part, I will defend you against marauders. I'll protect your wheat fields and vegetable gardens against plunderers. They're an agricultural society, so what does this mean for us? New King James says like this, I rebuke the devourer for your sake. He says, but you have to put me first in your giving. Time. Thirst, testimony, treasure. God says, keep me first in those. And there's symbiosis. You don't just do it and get nothing for it. I'm telling you what you get for it. Now, some in your walk with the Lord, you've matured to where you're like, God, the reward's irrelevant. And that's a great place to mature to. But for some, you're like David. You still need to know, what am I going to get? And God says, here's the symbiosis. In your seat, in this building online, number one, how many of you, you got something today that you needed to hear? <laughs> it's the symbiosis. Number two, with your heads bowed, eyes closed, in this building online, if you need to become a Christian for the first time or recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure, this is your moment. God's not mad at you. He's not angry. He's not trying to beat you up or beat you down. He loves you with an unconditional love. And some of us, we've never seen unconditional love models, so it's difficult to understand it. What does it mean? He's not waiting on you to be anything before he loves you. He's not waiting on you to do anything before he loves you. He loves you just as you are. Watch this. His love will cause you to change. When you get a good loving, good love will make you do better than you would normally do. His love is so good to us. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that causes men into repentance. If you're in this building or online, where the majority of us are, wherever you're at, on the count of three, I want for you to slip your hand up in this building. For those of you online, you're going to do the hand wave emoji or say it's me. Wherever you're at, don't miss your moment. Don't let the enemy talk you out of this. Don't let religion talk you out of this. Well, you got to get all this right before you come to God. 
The devil is a liar and they are too. You come just as you are, but you won't stay that way. Because his word's going to change you. And you're going to get better and better and better. And you'll be able to look back and say, I may not be, come on, live 15, where I want to be. You know the rest? But I thank God I'm not where I used to be. If that's you in this building on three, you're going to slip your hand up online. You're going to hand wave emoji. Say it's me. One, two, three. If that's you, slip that hand up in this building. Online, do the hand wave emoji. Say it's me. If you become a Christian and recommit yourself to the Lord wherever you're at. Everybody, pray this with me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. If I was far from you, I'm reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time or recommitted yourself, Lord, you're now sure. I just need you to take out your phone, text the word HARVEST to 55498 or scan that QR code that's on. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 55498 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.